right, welcome back to From Aid Arbitration. Uh, got a long episode today, going to cover a lot of things, a lot of stuff. Uh, going to be a little bit different, kind of a salted peanuts type, but I've got a lot of snapshots, a lot of screenshots that I have, and I'm just going to read them and answer them. Okay, so got a lot of that. I'm going to end with this uh, training uh, grievance. JB was going to do it. His son plays a lot of baseball. They've been rained out a lot, and so they got a lot of makeup games. He can't be on this week. I need to get this done. I'd much rather JB do it. I think he's better at that than I am as far as putting these grievances together. But uh, I'll do it, and uh, he's going to come on and talk about the one-day count uh, next week, hopefully. But he's got a lot of he's got a lot of baseball to catch up on. So I told him just send me what he had. I've got some other stuff I've added to it, and. Um, we're going to do that, where they falsified our heat training, and we're going to grieve that. I said, it's going to be a national grievance. We're going to do it out of here. <laughs> and so um, I talked to the couple other people that, that are doing a grievance. I'll talk about them as well. But uh, got a lot of stuff. So we're going to cover a lot, a lot of reading. You know how I hate that, but we're going to get you very well prepared for this grievance. All right? The information request. Everything I talk about is going to be up on from 8arbitration.com on this episode. If you go to from 8arbitration.com, scroll down to episodes, find this episode, and Jeremy's going to have all this stuff on there. So all you do is click it, print it, and it's going to be ready for you. All right? Now we're going to talk about issue statement, about contentions, about contractual language, about remedy. So this grievance is going to be done in its entirety for you. You're going to have to get statements, obviously, and we'll talk about that when we get to it. Uh, and then also I'm going to cover some things that people have sent to me, uh, some pretty good stuff. My, I'm a letter carrier. I'm a city letter carrier, and all I care about is city letter carriers. What I want, what I, my wish would be is that every city letter carrier be allowed to come to work, clock in, case their route, pull down, and go deliver and go home, stress-free. That's what I want for every city letter carrier. Uh, if that's not happening, then that's the union's fault. That's my fault as a shop steward if that's not happening on my workroom floor. That starts at the top as far as directives from our president all the way down to the shop steward on the workroom floor. That's our obligation. That's our responsibility is to make sure that every carrier comes to work in a stress-free environment. Okay. Management's going to do what they do. They're going to have people. They love managers that are bullies. They love that. They think that they think that makes the numbers. And so they love promoting them, encouraging them, coddling them. They love those people. So they're not going to do anything about them. It's the responsibility of the union to make sure that every carrier comes to work in a stress-free environment. And that's what I want for every city letter carrier. Is that going to happen? Probably not. But that's what I want. I want every carrier to come to work in a stress-free environment. I don't want any kind of harassment, bullying, intimidation, all these dumbass things as far as load times, office times, PM office times, all these things that management fabricates, lies about, uh, all those things should be dealt with. And I'll talk about that a little bit more in just a second. But 
if I had one wish, that would be my wish is that every city letter carrier come to work, be allowed to do their job in a stress-free environment. That would be my wish. And so we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll train and do whatever we have. There are numerous things incorporated into our handbooks and manuals that promote that, that encourage that, that justify that. Too many things incorporated into our handbooks and manuals to make sure that the carrier comes into a stress-free environment. You're talking about Section 115, 4 of the M39 Handbook, Mutual Respect. You're talking about the Joint Statement. You're talking about Postal Service Policy on Workplace Harassment, all these EL handbooks that we have, all the contract language in the ELM that talks about uh, behavior, personal habits, a lot of things incorporated into our handbooks and manuals that we can use to make sure that our carriers are working in a stress-free environment, okay? We need to start doing that. We've got to start doing that, all right? Um, so let's get right to it. I'm going to start reading things that have been sent to me and just answering them. That's the only way I'm ever going to get, get finished with this stuff. All right, there's so many that I'm just going to start reading things and dealing with it. All right. <laughs> the first thing I want to talk about is an individual sent me this, and I'm going to have Jeremy put this up for you. It says, hi, Corey, wanted to share with you. I really appreciate what you do and what you had to say on the last episode and what you're doing to build a movement in our union. Members of my branch are hosting a Zoom meeting to help others around the country hold their own rallies. Seattle is already in the works. If you can mention it on your show, I think it would help us a lot. Here's a link. And this is uh, for the person or persons that started the rally in Minneapolis, if y'all heard about it. Uh, got a lot of pub, a lot of media attention on that. And so they're trying to encourage other states installation cities to start their own rally all right and so they sent me this uh, it's got a link it says date and time may 7th uh, 2023 at 12 p.m description it's time for a national strategy for letter carriers to win a strong contract join a national zoom meeting held by rank and file members of nelc branch 9 in minneapolis who organized a 150-plus person rally and called for a strong contract to address the staffing crisis, mandatory overtime, and the rising cost of living. We need to organize rallies across the country. And I sent this to Jeremy. He's going to put this link up on from 8arbitration.com. When you push it, it says the first name, last name, and the email address. That's for the Zoom meeting. I encourage you to do that. All right, here's an installation, Minneapolis, that has said, hey, we're going to address the contract visually and have this rally, okay? And uh, like I said, it got a lot of pub, a lot of publicity on that thing. And so they want to do it everywhere. And so kudos to them for that. And uh, so Jeremy's going to put that up. So go to formatearbitration.com. Again, get on this episode and you'll see that. And here's a person who asked me to put this or talk about this. He says, good morning, Corey, my brother. Just want to let you know that our station just got screwed by the new route inspection. They came in and adjusted all routes to have only one hour in the office and seven hours on the street. <laughs> uh, I'm really upset. 
I don't blame you, baby. Honestly, I've done everything that I could to do on my part. I carried the scanner on my hip for the last year. I showed my route was 16 minutes over, and they still added 107 extra stops on me. I wrote down everything during the route inspection so I could challenge any red lines. It was made up already in management's mind what they were going to do, and our local union folded like a deck of cards. It sucks. The only answer I get now is to do a 271G for my local union. I understand I have that option, but man, every time they screw up a route inspection, the answer we get is do a 271G. I've done two 271Gs and had my route cut both times by the grace of God. The auxiliary route that is next to me that came off of my 271G is now a route. I'm thinking about bidding on it. It has 688 stops. I'm currently now at 833 stops on my route. Any advice if I should just take my loss and leave my route and bid on the new route since it looks like it might be easier? You can let the podcast know that this is happening during these new route inspections. Uh, Can't say that you didn't warn us, Corey. One hour office, seven hour street time. Thank you for everything. Your brother. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I get a lot of those where the new T-Rap teams are starting to bend and fold on a lot of these things. Um, we took them to the woodshed at the beginning. Now management is implementing all of these things. They're trying to do us like rural carriers. They're implementing all these things. The union has no pushback whatsoever. There's nothing coming down from business agents addressing any of these things. One hour office time, just 22 minutes load time, 20 minute load time. Now they're reducing the one hour office time to 45 minutes of office time. Nothing coming out from our union. Nothing coming out from the business agent's office. They're talking about 5 p.m. We deal with that all the time. There's nothing coming out from the union. Nothing coming out from the business agent's office. And I'm told to get on here, simply instruct, quit being divisive, fuck off. Look, this is what's happening to us now. We've got management at the highest level. There's no way that this is going on nationally that this didn't come down from the highest level. There's no way that coast to coast, they're starting this shit with an hour office time from California all the way to New York. There's no way, and that's not a directive from headquarters. And what are we doing about it here? I've not heard anything from anybody dealing with it. We've got our office times being cut down to 45-minute office times. What's happening? Where's our union at? From the top on down, where's our union? I understand you're in local negotiation, but damn, don't forget about us down here on the floor. They are fucking us over down here. What are we doing? There should be a template of some form from a business agent from somewhere that says, hey, We've gotten together. All these great minds in the business agent's office have gotten together. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to put a grievance together with an issue statement, with contentions, with requests for information, with a remedy dealing with this one-hour office time. If they feel like we should do the one-hour office time, okay, what else should happen? Should we put in curtail slips? Well, that's elementary. Is it? Because there's too many people asking questions about it. Somebody 
do something somewhere. Somebody get into the fucking fight with a city letter carrying the workroom floor and say, here's what we're doing nationally about the one hour office time. Here's what we're doing nationally about them coming out with this bullshit on the 20 minute load time, 22 minute load time. Here's what we're doing nationally about that. If you're going to say just resort to the memos, do something (laughs) for the love of God, do something, man. We're getting fucking railroaded down here and not one person saying one thing, do the fuck something. My God, if you could see the amount of emails and messages I get on this same bullshit, why am I having to address it? Motherfucker, somebody say something. Shit, Corey Walton is not the fucking spokesperson for the NLC. I have no relation to y'all. I don't do nothing for y'all. Used to, but you fucking blackballed me. So get your fucking ass in the ring and fight with us. Son of a bitch. Somebody do something. This is fucking crazy. (laughs) Management is railroading the city letter carrier just like they did the rural carriers and we're not doing a motherfucking thing. Nothing. Somebody send a template out somewhere for the love of God. Somebody send a template out somewhere addressing the one hour office time and say this is universal. This is what we're going to send to every station that we have. And this is how, if they're saying one hour office time, this is how the NALC is going to address it. Why can we not do that? What are we so fucking scared of? Help your people, agent. Help the city letter care, agent. Do something. How about this? This is novel. Be our agent. Is that divisive? Should I stop that? Am I being divisive here? (laughs) God dang, man. All right. Let's keep on. Okay, here's a a letter of warning that was sent to me. I'm telling you, this is going to be random as hell. This is going to be random as hell. I've got so many screenshots. I'm just swiping, and I'm going to address them as I come to them. All right? Here's a letter of warning that was sent to me. And, and these always piss me off because it makes us look like we're fucking villains for the simplest of things. And, and I, will, I will address it to, to management. Because in, in arbitration, I address these fully. I dress down management in arbitration, man. I wish y'all could sit in there with me and watch me dress them down uh, about these letter of warnings and just belittle these bitches in front of the arbitrator. I wish y'all could see it. Y'all talking about rallying. Y'all go storming out of that bitch with pitchforks and, and anyway. Here it is. Failure to work safely. Failure to follow instructions. So we got two charges. Failure to work safely. That's the first one. Failure to follow instructions. It's the second one. Because I'm going to make them prove both of them. Right? Since you're going to do it like that. You're charged with failure to meet the requirement to work safely, specifically to check your clearances and to make sure all areas are clear before backing. You have been warned, including stand-ups, 
videos, safety huddles, and instructions from your supervisors on the USPS backing policy goal, that's separate, but packing policy goal in all caps and USPS safe driving policy. On 4-13-2023, you failed to make sure there was clearance to back. Your failure to check your clearances resulted in a preventable motor vehicle accident. So let's talk about that, okay? You're charged with failure to meet the requirements to work safely, specifically to check your clearances and to make sure all areas are clear before backing. You have been warned, including stand-ups, I'm going to ask for those stand-ups. And then I'm going to give a little survey to my carriers. Do y'all remember getting this stand-up? Anytime they put something down there, y'all better address it because it's as if it's so. If it goes to arbitration and we didn't rebut that. Because an arbitrator is going to look at that and like, damn, they've been giving stand-ups, videos, safety huddles, instructions from your supervisors. Holy shit. I don't know that I've been told anything in the last four years about backing. Y'all may be different. They don't give any stand-ups at my station. None. And I don't tell them to. I don't file grievances on it. You know why? Because if they ever issue discipline, first thing I'm going to say is, y'all ain't ever giving me a stand-up on nothing. We give, Corey, we give a stand-up for every week. Give them to me. Pull them. Get in your safety toolkit. Pull those out and give them to me. All right? And then I'm going to go to every carrier. Do y'all remember getting this stand-up? Never given. All right? So if they say, including stand-ups, I'm going to put in an information request for those stand-ups. Right? Videos. Let me see the videos. I mean, because if they've done it, you know, they've done it. If they've done it, they've done it. I mean, it's already on there. So videos. Give me them videos. Safety huddles. Talk to me about that. What's a fucking safety huddle? Never heard of that. And I'm sure that some places have them. We don't have that shit here. And instructions from your supervisors on the USPS backing policy. I need to see a USPS backing policy. Okay? Make sure you put in a request for the USPS backing policy. Get that. All right. Do not let that slide. Okay. They don't even have to produce if we don't ask for it. They can just say there's a USPS backing policy. And if we don't ever say, where is it? You know what an arbitrator is going to say? Nothing. He's just going to take for granted. There's a backing policy. Why? Because they said there was one. We acknowledged it and didn't address it. So I need that USPS backing policy. Goal. G-O-A-L, all caps. Don't know what that is, but let's get that. And USPS safe driving policy. Now we've got another policy. USPS safe driving policy. Give me that policy. All right? Shop students, do your homework on these things. Don't let letter warnings slide as being immaterial. This is my first step to my removal from this place. All right? So let's dissect these letter warnings if they put something on here, address it. It goes on. When asked in an investigative interview on 417, if you're aware of the USPS safe driving policy, you stated yes. I guarantee you this. I guarantee you this. 
if this goes to arbitration, expedited arbitration, because it's a letter warning, and I and I talk to this carrier who got this, and I'm gonna say, hey, what is the safe driving policy? I don't know. Oh, sure you do. What what does the safe driving policy say? Well, I don't know. Oh yeah, you know what it says. No, I don't. Oh, you better. Because in the investigative interview, you said yes. You knew what a safe driving policy is. I'm going to tell you this. I've been here 29 years. I've never seen a safe driving policy in 29 years. I've never seen one. But here I've got a carrier said he he's seen it. He knows it. It goes on. When asked how you were made aware of this, you say, stated during training. Okay, so... We're not doing well so far. When asked if you have been trained on driving an LLV, you stated, yes. When asked if you're working, got into an accident on 413, you stated, yes. When asked if you understand the importance of following not only USPS policy, but also all traffic laws while driving a postal vehicle, you stated, yes. When asked if you've seen the fence before you backed into it, you stated, yes. (laughs) Lack of ownership of this avoidable accident and lack of commitment to safety is a true reflection of your actions, and this will not be tolerated within the USPS. I am grilling management's ass on that. That's the type of bullshit I'm talking about that I grill them in arbitration. You are making me out to be a villain, a subhuman, when you talk to me like that. This gentleman did a three-point turn and accidentally backed up into a fence. And listen how they talk about him. Lack of ownership. How's that? The dude just admitted that he did it. Matter of fact, he immediately called when it happened. When he hit it, he got out. He called immediately and told him what had happened. In the investigative interview, in his day in court, he says, yes, I did it. How in the fuck does he have a lack of ownership? What else do you want him to do? I called you immediately and I acknowledged that I did it. And in my eye, I said I did it. I'm going to ask the supervisor, what are you talking about? Lack of ownership. That may be small to some. It pisses me off, man. You're not going to treat my carriers subhuman. You're not going to make them the bad guy. We got the second largest vehicle fleet in the world. The USPS, the second largest vehicle fleet in the world. And a guy hits a fence and he's got a lack of ownership. Son of a bitch. And then it says of this avoidable accident and lack of commitment to safety is a true reflection of your actions. And this will not be tolerated within the USPS. Dear God, did he run over eight kids? Son of a bitch. You have failed on multiple occasions to follow instructions and USPS safe driving policies. What multiple occasions? Now, the person who sent me this also sent me questions that he had written out for the supervisor. He's addressing most of this. So he's, he did a really good job on these questions. Uh, I would talk when he talked about the, the uh, stand-ups, videos, safety huddles and all that. I would address those, but he did a good job on questions. So he did, uh, what I'm asking you is things that he did uh, write down to ask. You failed on multiple occasions. He said, what multiple occasions? Which is a very good question. 
to follow instructions and USPS safe driving policies. There it is again. I'm going to need the safe driving policy. All right. Your insubordinate actions to my instructions and USPS safe driving policies. Now we've got two of them. Safe driving policies are unacceptable, inexcusable, and intolerable. <laughs> Son of a bitch. My God, your insubordination actions. Damn. Your explanation for not following USPS safe driving policies is unacceptable. They're trying to drive it home to somebody that there's safe driving policies, aren't they? They're trying to drive it home to somebody that there's safe driving policies that this person didn't follow. You have been given ample training. I'm going to request all that training. And have the expectation to work safely and caution that failure to work safely would result in corrective disciplinary action. Now, I want y'all to remember all of this shit here when we get into this hero training that they falsified, okay? I want you to look at, listen to how they talked to us on a simple backing accident where he backed into a fence. Listen to how they degrade, belittle, demean the letter carrier on this bullshit, and you got a fucking epidemic of falsifying training across this country by these sorry low-down bastards. Listen to that shit on this letter warning how they talk to this person. And then when we talk about this hero train, the falsifying that, when I talk about my remedy, $15, $50 a day, this is why I do the shit that I do. To fuck these motherfuckers, man. This is how they talk to my brother who had a simple accident. And these motherfuckers are going to sit here and falsify heat training. One of the biggest killers of my brothers and sisters. One of the biggest cripplers of my brothers and sisters. These motherfuckers have falsified that training. Why? To save time. And you're going to talk to me like this? Let's go on. Your conduct is in violation of... Now, let's, let's read these policies now, because surely they're going to be on here when they say that he's violated all these policies. So here we're fixing to get the policies. Let's see what they are. Section 66513 of the ELM, Discharge of Duties. Employees are expected to discharge their assigned duties conscientiously and effectively. Well, that's not a policy. Here it is right here. Section 66515 of the ELM, Obedience to Orders. Obedience to Orders, which states, Employees will obey the instructions of their supervisors, if an employee has reason to question the propriety of a supervisor's order, the individual will nevertheless carry out the order and immediately file a protest in writing to the official in charge of the installation or appeal through official channels. No, that ain't it. That's not the policy. Here it is right here. Here's the policy. I was wondering when they was going to put it in there. ELM 814. Point two, responsibilities. All employees are responsible for complying with all OSHA and Postal Service safety and health regulations, procedures, and practices, including the use of approval personnel protective equipment. What the fuck has that got to do with anything? That's not it. Here it is right here. ELM 814.2, responsibilities. All employees are responsible for performing all duties in a safe manner. That's not it. Oh, here's the last one. Finally, they got it in here on this last one. 
Here it is. ELM 814.2 responsibilities. Our employees are responsible for driving defensively and professionally, extending courtesy in all situations, and obeying all state, local, and postal service regulations when driving a vehicle owned, leased, or contracted for by the postal service. That's not it either. Damn. Well, I got some ELM provisions in here, but they never told me about a postal service policy. I'm going to address that, right? The Postal Service Policy. So there's a letter of warning to that individual that sent it to me. That's how it addressed just the letter of warning. Uh, the I, I, I don't have any of that, the information on that. But just based off of the charge, that's what I would do based off of the charge. And let's see if we can whip management's ass on the charge alone, okay? Now here's a, uh, here's a message being sent over the scanner. This person sent this to me. It says, all boxes need to be hit before 7 p.m. The MPU knows who is assigned to all boxes, and if they are not hit, they will be written up and removals will be issued. That's the scanner message that's sent to me. I'll read it again. All boxes need to be hit before 7 p.m. The MPU knows who is assigned to all boxes, and if they are not hit, they will be written up and removals will be issued. Now, first off, you just got to get out of jail free card. I don't give a damn what they issue me now. I'm putting that in there and it'll get rescinded because you predetermined my discipline. Second off, I'm going to file a joint statement on that. I'm not messing with that shit. I will not tolerate you threatening me with removal for anything. I'm not doing it. You're going to put that shit on a scanner message and send that out. You're going to have a fucking joint statement on your sorry ass when I get that. Why? You can't do that. You can't threaten me at any time. You can't threaten me. If I miss a box and you need to discipline me, you're going to go through the proper procedures as outlined in Article 16. That's exactly what you're going to do. But if you send me anything, Sam, I'm going to be removed for anything, you're going to be meeting on a joint statement. All right? That's what I would do. So whoever sent me that, it's a get-out-of-jail-free card. Copy that off. Put that in any file, right? Secondly, I'm filing a joint statement on them. I'm not tolerating that shit. You're not going to threaten my brothers and sisters with anything. When I talk about a stress-free environment, that's what I'm talking about. Who's responsible for making sure that happens? It's supposed to be management, but they don't care. They love this shit right here. He probably sent that to a lot of his people in management. They probably laugh their ass off. They're going to be running from this motherfucker when he gets a joint statement on him, though. That's what I'd do. Here's an email that was sent to me that somebody intercepted. And this pisses me off, too. It says, team, this is the new loading checklist. Begin using this tomorrow and scan to me as you have been the others. That makes no sense. I want to see quantifiable notes on these. I want to know how long the actual load was, what any additional time was spent on, how many packages they load, etc. We have way too many routes going over the 22 minutes. And we need the documentation for any other actions they are taking besides loading. Your care is going over the 22 needs to be the focus we need a manager in the parking lot every morning conducting these observations. 
If your carriers are not using the M39, M41 practices for their routes, they need to start getting the information in your daily plan five. Hot case is the final pull on the way out the door. Any mail in the final pull is supposed to be worked in on the street. When they push the hamper in, they should be departing to route and moving out, not talking, not going to their personal vehicles, not taking a break, etc. Follow the process. Y'all see what I'm talking about? They're now bullying, harassing, and intimidating carriers about 22 minutes that is completely fucked up, falsified bullshit. This is supposed to be a parameter, right? It's supposed to be a parameter. But for some reason, some reason, we put that on a fucking memo. And now look at the shit that's going on here. Look at it. Here's somebody in higher up. I want you out there every day. Dogging the carriers about 22 minutes. That's a parameter. That has... You cannot hold me to that at all. You can't discipline me for that. But they sure want to carry bullied on it. Where's the NELC? Where's the NELC on it? They're probably saying, what do you want us to say about it? It's, it's non-existent. It's a parameter. What do you want us to say? Do something. Do something. Y'all are sitting up there with your thumb up your ass, not doing anything. Do something. When I talk about way back when, shatter the pulpit, shatter the, the podium, have the president up there fucking raising hell. That's what I'm talking about. Let the carriers see you fucking rallying and say something. I'm gonna say, Hey, I'm going to Zoom meeting with all the carriers. Fuck these motherfuckers on this 22 minutes. There's no such thing. We can't get nobody to do nothing. But I'm being divisive, though. I probably don't need to say that. I probably don't need to say that because I'm being divisive. Fuck it. Somebody do something. This, this is, is unprecedented. What's going? I've not seen this shit in 29 fucking years. The shit that's going on here. We got some memos sent down, which I know meant well. I know meant well. Obviously, the rural carriers did the same damn thing on these scanners. The scanners were the greatest thing since sliced bread. These scanners are our savior, right? So let's put a memo out talking about these scanners that were sent from God for the betterment of the city letter carrier. It's the holy fucking grail of inventiveness and intuitiveness and all, all of these things this scanner is, okay? It, it is revolutionized the craft so let's put out memos telling people how great they are and how wonderful they are and in these memos let's put in times that say these are parameters two minutes per package we saw emails from management talking about that's the new standard 22 minutes to load. We're seeing emails still today about these fucking 22 minutes saying that they are standards. Hold the carriers to them. Let's put in times for no fucking reason. Let's put in times on these memos 
They didn't need to be put in there. Let's put them in there anyway, because I didn't work for the post office very fucking long before I got my job. And so I don't know what in the fuck goes on on the workroom floor because I wasn't on the workroom floor long enough. So let's put in times on these things. Why? Because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And the carrier is reaping the fucking whirlwind because of that now. They are reaping the fucking whirlwind because those stupid-ass times put on those stupid-ass memos about this stupid-ass scanner. I, I told you. I told you. I want my carriers to come into a stress-free environment. That's all. I, if I had one wish on this earth, it's that. Anything done by either party that, that is contrary to that, man... I'm going to call you a motherfucker. I just am. Why? Because I'm a city letter carrier in love with city letter carriers. That's why. We've got to use our head for something more than put a hat on. You know, we've got to. You, you had. There's no way. There's no way you didn't know that this shit. The, the second I read it, the second I read it, I told myself, what in the fuck is that? And I know a lot of people just like me because I called them and said, did y'all see the memos? What's up with these fucking times? Everybody said the same thing. Why would you put times on that? Everybody. And they would never come out and say that because <laughs> they're too afraid. Everybody said that. I swear to God, when I saw the memo, I'm reading these times. I'm like, why would we put those times on there? Management's going to take that. Didn't I say that the very first time I read it, that they're going to bastardize that? I know y'all sick of hearing this shit about these memos, but damn it. Here's what you get when you put times on things. Don't be a knucklehead and put times on shit. Because this is what happens. Now you got a fucking memo. Get out there and watch them about the 22 minutes. I don't want them talking to each other out there. They need to be loaded and get the fuck out of here. We're robots. We're robots to these sorry motherfuckers. Here's another one. This is on Facebook. New supervisor wants to enforce one hour max office time in the morning. Now, this was just sent out the other day. What should be done if more time is needed? And how to defend against any retaliation for going over one hour? Hey, y'all. Where in the fuck is the union at? How is that still being asked? How is that still being asked? Have we not addressed it? Y'all got to fucking know. You've got to know about the one hour office time. You've got to know what they're doing. And carriers are stressed about it. What are we doing to alleviate that stress? What are we doing to get rid of that stress on our brothers and sisters about this one hour office time? Hell, I did an episode, I don't know how long ago about it, where Sean Colleen and another individual filed and won on the fucking one hour office time. Why hasn't that been sent to every fucking body? Here's how you defeat it. What happened? Where are we at? Where's the union at? Why is there not the heads, the 15 business agents together saying, here's the issues on the workroom floor. Remember I talked about there needs to be some kind of chain of command. There needs to be some kind of informational chain to say, 
I'm a city letter carrier on the workroom floor. I'm a shop steward on the workroom floor. And they have come out with this hour office time. Have you heard anything about it? And then they're going to say, hey, this is rampant nationwide. I'm a business agent over here in California. I'm over here in Maine. I'm down here in Florida. And they're doing this everywhere, this hour office time. Let's, let's do this as national business agents. Let's get together and let's, let's file a grievance and let's send these, disseminate these to the shop stewards across the country, even the shop steward with just one route. Let's make sure that they get this in their hands. Here's what we're going to do about the one-hour office time. And let's file this grievance, or let's prepare you for this. This is how you're going to be prepared. In an hour, make sure you leave. Make sure you fill out a curtail slip. If they're starting to harass you about not casing your route, if they're not counting you what they should have done, if they're not giving you efficiency count, if they're harassing you, what we're going to do is we're going to file a grievance on that as well. And we're going to get them the fuck up off of you. Okay. Because I'm a business agent and what I'm going to do is fire motherfucker up. If they're, if they're harassing or stressing my carriers, cause I will not tolerate it. Where's that at? Why are we still having people talking about the hour office time? And it's not the carrier's fault. Don't say they need to do this and they need to do that. That's y'all's fucking job. Y'all need to do that. That's your fucking job as my agent to prepare me for this shit here. That's your job. So don't say the carriers need to, they need to look into this. I ain't got to do a fucking thing except pay my dues for you to represent me. And that's what you need to damn well do. But I'm being divisive. I'm a divisive motherfucker. So I'm being divisive. I'm sorry for being divisive. Okay. But, but somebody, please, I beg you, somebody do fucking something. Because we're not educated on the workroom floor about the hot topics like the hour office time, the 22-minute load time. There needs to be something that came out from somebody saying, hey, on the 22-minute load time, even if you haven't dealt with it yet, it may be coming. So get ready for it. This is how we're going to address it. The hour office time, if you've not dealt with it, it may be coming. So this is how your carriers are going to deal with it. The 5 p.m. office time, it may not be happening to you now. It could be coming. So this is what we're going to do with it. Know your fucking workroom floor, NALC, and address this shit. Get up off your fucking ass and do something. I need to quit being divisive, damn it. But unfortunately, I'm just getting started. Listen to this shit. Management is posting a list of weekly stationary events for every route. Is this grievable? You fucking A right, it's grievable. You fucking A right. Management is posting a list of weekly stationary events for every route. Is this grievable? I'm going to grieve that motherfucker. <laughs> God, motherfucker, I'm grieving that bullshit. Is it grievable? Motherfucker, yes, we're grieving that. I'm grieving that. Woo, son, hey. <laughs> uh, 
listen to me. One fifteen point four of the M thirty nine handbook, mutual respect. That's a grievance. That's a grievance. Okay. Section one thirty four of the M thirty nine handbook. That's a grievance. I don't care what anybody says. If you're using scanner data to do anything, showing anything, it's a grievance to me. I saw somebody say, well, not, if they're not actually out on the, those only pertain to 4584s where they're hiding from you. Those only pertain to 3999s where they're hiding from you. No, no. If it has anything to, to do with me on the street and you're raising an issue to me about it, that's a violation of 134 of the M39 handbook spying you go using covert techniques if it has to do with me doing anything on the street and you did not see me and you're raising issue with it however that is whether it's putting it on a board whether it's questioning me in an investigative interview whether it's putting it on these whiteboards and you're not out there watching me you're spying on me and you're using covert techniques that's what you're doing so to that individual said, is that a grievance? Yes. Yes, it is a grievance. It sure is. But you know what has not happened with these stationary events being rampant right now? Not a fucking thing from my union. Nothing. Nada. Can somebody please do something? Please. Somebody somewhere do something. I beg you, take your thumb out of your ass and type out something to somebody to say something about something. Do something. I don't give a fuck what you do. I don't care what you do. Do something. Do something if it's wrong. Do something. Okay? God, help us. Management has lost their ever-loving mind right now. I don't know what happened to them. I don't know why they're so upset. I don't know why they're so bitter. But they are coming after the workforce. And you know what you do with somebody like that? You meet these motherfuckers head on. You don't run. You don't peek out behind closet doors. Are they gone yet? You don't do that shit. You meet these fuckers head the fuck on. And you do that in the informal A meeting, the formal A meeting, the B team and arbitration. You do that through the grievance procedure is how you meet these motherfuckers head on and deal with this shit. You file grievances on these bitches all day long about every single thing. They're going to wish that they had never fucked with a city letter carrier if if I was an MBA, if I was the president of this union and I heard this shit was going on, they would rue the day that they fucked with a city letter carrier. These motherfuckers would be in arbitration all fucking day. I would tell every MBA, you don't pre-arb another fucking thing. If I've got to spend $50 million on arbitrations this year, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to light these motherfuckers up for fucking with our people like that. That's what I'd do if I was the president of the NLC. I would call the NBAs and I'd say, hey, look here. The day of, of dealing with these motherfuckers is over. 
The day of handshakes is over. The day of the pats on the back are over. Those days are gone. Until these motherfuckers understand that they're not going to fuck with a seated letter carrier any fucking more, we'll meet them in arbitration. We're filing grievances on them. Get your carriers ready. Get your shop stewards ready. You send out as many emails as you need to to your shop stewards. Say, here's what we're doing on this. Here's what we're doing on that. Here's what we're doing on that. You file them. If anybody fucks with a shop steward, send a team in there on these motherfuckers and try to get them removed from their supervisory capacity. That's what we should be doing. We shouldn't be up there lollygagging with each other, going out to parties, drinking with these son of a bitches. You need to fucking set a fire on the city letter carrier's ass and say, motherfucker, get in there and get it. We ain't got that. We ain't got that shit, man. Somebody stand the fuck up in this union and do something for these city letter carriers. This shit is nationwide what's going on, and we're not doing a motherfucking thing about it. But I'm being divisive. I'm a divisive motherfucker, like I said. Y'all know why I'm like this? Because I've seen it too many times what they do to my people. I have seen too many times what they do to my people, and it has, it has, (laughs) it's made me bitter. It it really has. (laughs) It's made me bitter. I love the city letter care, man. I love the city letter care. They they are like blood to me. I don't care if I've ever if I've ever seen you before. I love you. I, I said I'm going to be the voice to the voiceless. That's exactly what I'm going to be. So if you have an inkling or an idea or a notion to email me saying please stop, no, I will not. If you have an inkling or an idea or a notion to say, hey, look, get back to educating. I'm going to get back to doing whatever the fuck I want to do. How's that? I'm going to get back to doing whatever the fuck I want to do. And if I want to sit on here and say fuck 1,000 times in a row, that's what I'll do. Why? Because this is my bitch right here. I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of seeing my people run over by a ruthless, callous, heartless, gutless, spineless managerial workforce. I'm tired of it. And I'm tired of seeing my union cower away from them. I'm tired of it. All right. All right, let's go on. Let's get long. Sorry. Now, here's somebody trying to justify uh, telling carriers not to talk and do all this stuff here based off the one-hour office time. Here's, here's what it says. We put in a request for information, and this is what the response was. As soon as you show me in any manual where carriers are allowed to talk. Okay. You see that? That shows you how fucking stupid management is right there. If you can show me in any manual where carriers are allowed to talk. That's how dumb these son of bitches are. Wonder around. W-O-N-D-E-R. Wonder. Wonder around. (laughs) Eat. And talk on their phones while they're on the clock. The hour is not a rule. It is a metric of some kind of timeline for our office time. So that's how they're justifying the hour. They said, show me where the hour office time. The hour is not a rule. Oh, well, then I don't have to go by it. 
If you tell me I need to be out of the office in an hour and I say, show me the rule, and you say, oh, there is no rule, then that does away with all your sub-questions of just cause. Because the very first one says what? Is there a rule? No, there's not. Why? Because he said the hour is not a rule. Okay, then I don't have to obey it. They're going to say fade to follow instructions. Fade to follow what instructions? The hour office time. Is that a rule? No. Okay, then you lost the first sub-question of just cause. Where it says, is there a rule? No, there's not. Why? Because I got an information request where you said the hour is not a rule. It is a metric of some kind of timeline for office time. Okay. When routes were adjusted, most have 6.30 street time and hour office time and 10 minutes to load equals eight hours. Where are they getting this bullshit? Surely to God. We didn't go in there on these rate teams and say you got 6.30 street time, and we're giving you 10 minutes to load, and uh, an hour office time, that's eight hours. Where are they getting that? I'm going to ask them, where are you getting that from? When routes are just, most have 6.30 street time, and an hour office time, and 10 minutes to load. Are they saying those are standards? What are they saying there? That does vary, and it changes, but most days on average, we use roughly a one hour per route in the a.m. except for Mondays. So there you have that. Here's somebody sent me this, and, and y'all need to give them a little love. Uh, it's Rural Carriers Podcast. I think I'm going to be on there in a week or two. They reached out to me and asked if I'd come on there um, since they got ravaged by uh, I think I do believe that they're, they're postponing all that. I hope that they do because they lost a lot of money. They were talking to me about it. I said, well, do you want me to talk about it on my podcast? And... Uh, said, I would think it'd be great if you did. Just please don't use my name. <laughs> All right. Um, it's called United We Scan. And they go over the how-tos uh, for rural carriers and many other things. So United We Scan. So City Cares, if you, if you want something to listen to after you listen to me, <laughs> United We Scan. Go and show them some love. Uh, that's your rural carrier brothers and sisters talking about rural carrier things. May not be interested in it, but, you know, give them some listens, pump up their numbers a little bit, and uh, help them out. They're in, they're in disarray right now, but it's united we scan, okay? Here's a letter that was sent on a case. It says, Cares, if you feel you need more than five minutes office time in the PM, please see a supervisor immediately to express this need and explain why. PM office time is five minutes. Thank you, management. I'm grieving that. I'm grieving that letter. I'm going to say, where do you see that PM office time is five minutes? But again, we've done a piss poor job of educating. The fact that management feels that they can put this out there pisses me off. It just does. It pisses me off. Cares if you feel you need more than five minutes office time in the PM, please see a supervisor immediately to express this need and explain why. I don't have to do a fucking thing except come in, do my PM office duties, and go home. If you think I'm doing something time-wasting, that's your obligation to supervise me and watch and see. But if I come in and I'm working, I get five minutes of wash time. I can go in there and wash my hands. That's I get five minutes of that. But my PM office duties, they end when I'm done doing what I need to do, and I'll go home. If that's 15 minutes, it is what it is. As long as I'm not 
as long as I don't have any time wasting practices. So I'm grieving that. I'm going to ask them, show me where it's the 5 p.m. office time is five minutes. Put in an information request and ask for that and then grieve it. And get them to get up there and say, I'm sorry for being a dumbass on a stand-up. Now, here's another thing. And this is going to piss me off. And I'm going to try not to cuss. I told y'all a few weeks ago, somebody said that they had a video showing the one-hour office time and the 22-minute load time. There's a video, and they said, hey, if you are going over that, now that you've seen the video, if you're going over that, you're going to be disciplined for performance. That was in the extreme south. That person called me. Extreme south. Here's one from Staten Island. Sent me this. Corey. All carriers on Staten Island today was instructed to watch a video on the workroom floor regarding how to get out of the office within one hour and the load truck within 22 minutes. That's Staten Island. All carriers on Staten Island today was instructed to watch a video on the workroom floor regarding how to get out of the office within one hour and load the truck within 22 minutes. And then they say, can I file a failure to comply to the one-hour office time grievance I want? I feel like this is the same thing. Absolutely, you can. Absolutely, you can. So I tried to call people in my union, but nobody's returning my call. God dang it. That. Mm. Yes, I'd grieve that. I'm going to say, what's the purpose of that video for the one-hour office time? Because I've already beat your ass on a grievance on that. So why are you showing me that video? But here again, without being divisive, I've got a video being shown in lower Louisiana. And now one is Staten Island on this one hour office time and load time of 22 minutes. I'm going to get off of that. I could talk about those memos every damn time. 22 minutes. That's how extreme they have taken this shit on the 22 minutes. They have taken those memos And they have said, implement this as policy, implement this as standard, implement this as something that you can be disciplined for, for not following now. Now we'll beat the discipline because there's no such thing. But what about those that don't know any better? And I'm going to get to something in a second where I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. What happens to those stations that know no better? To the shop stewardess that I've reached out to people to ask, nobody will return my phone call on it. So I just settled the discipline. You know, they offered me six months and I was scared to send it up for two years. So I just settled the discipline. Now I've got a care that has discipline for something that is completely fictional, something that is completely made up, something that management has taken as standard. Now I have a care discipline for that because a shop steward who doesn't know any better has reached out for guidance, but nobody will return their phone call and we're getting fucked over. When I say do something, when I say take your thumb out of your fucking ass and do something, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. The video's going around, folks. MBAs do something. Say something. Do something. Hey, Corey, I emailed you a while back when you were talking about escalating remedies. I told you I sent 40 formal A and step B decisions in a case file for an Article 7-2 rural carriers delivering city routes trying to get an escalated remedy. It never happened. I sent several cents and I got one back the other day. The remedy states in part, continued noncompliance with grievance resolves may result in escalated remedies. What are we doing? What are we doing? Huh? What are we doing to our carriers? 
to our shop stewards. Why would you stay as a shop steward with that bullshit there? Why would you stay as a shop steward there? What perp, what good are you doing? If your B team is going to do that to you, this person sent up 40 formal A's and step B decisions in a case file for article seven, two and got back continued non-compliance of grievance resolves may result in escalated rims. Hell, he couldn't even get will. He couldn't even get continued non-compliance with grievance resolves will result in escalated monetary remedies. He got may. Damn, he couldn't get will after 40. He couldn't get will result in escalated remedies. What are we doing? What are we, what are we doing, really? If I send up one grievance where rural carriers are delivering city routes, if I send up one, it should get a cease and desist. I shouldn't have to send up two. If I send up one, we should tell them as a union, stop letting rural carriers do city work. You need to stop doing that. You know what that is? A cease. That's what stop means, cease. And, and furthermore, we don't want you doing it anymore. So we're going to put on a, and desist after that cease. That's what we're going to do. We're going to put on a cease. Stop doing that. And we don't want you doing it in the future. So desist that. So cease and desist. That's what that means. This guy sent up 40. Can't get it. What are we doing as a union, really? What are we doing? Do you know why management is so emboldened to do what they do? Because they're going to get everything they fucking want through the grievance procedure. Hell, just do it. It'll take them 40 or 50 times before they even talk about escalating a remedy. Just keep doing it. Damn it. That's what they're doing. Just keep fucking the carriers over. The upper union's not going to do anything about it. And then we'll pre-arb a bunch of shit and we'll pay them a little bit of something. But, you know, just keep doing it. Fuck the carrier. You sure? Yeah, the NELC said fuck the carrier, so why shouldn't we? I feel for you, brother. I feel for you. If I was in charge, that wouldn't happen. You know why? Because I ain't worried about money. I don't care. I don't care. I'm here to represent carriers. I'm not here to represent my fucking wallet. I'm here to represent carriers as their agent. If I was in charge of this union, that shit right there would not be happening. I promise you that. I would say if there's a contractual violation, cease and desist that shit. We want it over with. Non-compliance that we're talking about, we raised issue with the president, non-compliance with signed grievance settlements and all this, we're going to handle that. Handle us first. Handle the B teams that are doing this shit first. We're talking about holding management accountable. Hold your people accountable first. Start representing the letter carriers. How about that? Here's another one. Just a heads up. Heard word today from a former officer in our office that went to a bigger office that they had an hour-long stand-up today about installing monitors at people's cases to watch them and alert the supervisors when they are engaging in time-wasting practices and also installing monitors in the new vehicles to watch us all day. I'll read that again. They had an hour-long stand-up today about installing monitors at people's cases to watch them and alert the supervisors when they're engaging in time-wasting practices and also installing monitors in the new vehicles to watch us all day. I'm going to grieve that. I'm going to grieve it. Okay? You're not going to install shit at my case and watch me. Just ain't going to happen. 
ain't gonna happen. I sent three decisions to Jeremy for him to put up on from aidarbitration.com on this episode. Three decisions. Now they're all from APWU. But it's the same language. You're going to use these. You can use them as sites for us. They have no C numbers on them, but he's going to put them up. Here's the language. Administrative Support Manual, ASM 273.17. Administrative Support Manual, 273.17, Closed Circuit Television System Security. Uh, this section clarifies the use of closed circuit television. This is, this is what you're going to use. Okay, this is what you're going to use. In administrative and security application, it does not affect the manner in which the Postal Inspection Service or OIG utilizes CCTV equipment for criminal investigation. 273.172 Policy. The Postal Service uses CCTV systems for the protection of its employees, mail, and postal assets and to monitor automated mail flow operations. The purpose of CCTV systems is to provide visual verifications in conjunction with intrusion detective devices or exit alarms and doors equipped with exit alarms or access control devices. CCTV systems are to function as deter deterrence, and if a crime occurs in the monitored uh, area to record evidence of it, the administrative and security uses of CCTV systems are limited to the following. And then it keeps on going, has responsibilities. That's all you need. That's all you need. If they put up anything like that, grieve it. Okay? Grieve it. Get these three decisions. You're going to use those. Read all three of them. Okay? Read all three of them. Get that language out of there and grieve it. You're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. Okay? It's gotten crazy, man. I don't know what's happened. Really, I don't. It's it's absolutely crazy. Here's a grievance somebody sent up. It said, undisputed facts and had management initial on this, on undisputed facts. It says, there is a rule that office time is one hour that has been implemented at this station as well as other stations. So they're saying it is a rule. You got this other person saying it is not a rule. Well, you got this installation saying there is a rule that office time is one hour. So they're changing our work methods, our work standards, right? Is that a grievance? Hell, I don't know because my union's not saying shit about it. There is a rule that there is 22 minutes for loading a vehicle after pulling down that has been implemented at this installation as well as other stations. The, the supervisor is signing off on this, okay? There is a rule that there's 22 minutes for loading a vehicle after pulling down that has been implemented as well as other stations. They're signing off on it that there is a rule of 22 minutes. There is a rule that carriers must complete PM office duties in 10 minutes. This has been implemented at this station as well as other stations. There is a rule that carriers must complete PM office duties in 10 minutes. The management has lost their ever-loving mind here. Nationwide. This is nationwide. This isn't just here. I say it every week. Every week this is happening. I'm going to ask for the rule. Show me the rule. It has to be written somewhere other than you just telling me it's a rule. Show me the rule of an hour office time. Show me the rule of 22 minutes load time. Show me the rule of 10 minutes office time, PM office time. Show me those rules, 
right? Show me those first. Uh, that's going to be an information request. Show me those. And then we'll go forward with this grievance. Where's a grievance starter from the union on this shit? Honey, quit being divisive. Here's another one. District is mandating that we are out of the office and on the street in 60 minutes. Why is that? Why is this all of a sudden their, their hot topic? Where's that coming from? This started a while back. Remember, I've done this a long time. Now, this just came out. District is telling everybody to be out of the office in 60 minutes. What, where is this coming from? You know why? Because it leaves us seven hours on the street. Seven hours on the street. You know what people can't do? That's hard to deliver for seven hours if you ain't got no mail. You know? It's hard to, it's hard to do that. So they're going to try to, to circumvent the TRAP process. They, they've lost their ass initially. They've gotten together. Headquarters asked because you can't tell me anything different. They've gotten together and they said, hey, what can we do? Just tell them an hour office time. Just tell them to be out of the office in an hour. They're going to have to find some way to be on the street for seven hours. But they case too long. Well, tell them it's 22 minutes then. Where are you getting that from? These dumbass memos that the union signed off on. Just tell them it's 22 minutes low time and just pressure the shit out of them until they, until they comply. All right? Just condition them. Just keep conditioning the care. Our office time, 22 minutes. And make it impossible for them to be on the street that long. What about, you know, some of them just sit there. We'll just start talking to them about stationary events. Isn't that a grievance? They're not going to file a fucking grievance. They're too busy worrying about their pockets. So just bully the shit out of them about stationary events. Bully the shit out of them about an hour office time that has came out of thin air. Bully the shit out of them about 22 minutes low time because we got, we got support from these memos. Bully the shit out of them about stationary events because we can do that through this REIT process. Do those things. You're conditioned to care. They'll get out there and run their fucking ass off, and then we can start taking all the routes from them. You know why? Because the union is sitting in their chairs, unable to type on their laptops or their computers because they have both of their thumbs up their ass, which makes it virtually impossible to send out an email with your thumbs up your ass. Have you ever tried to do that? Have you ever walked on somebody trying to type with just their fingers because their thumbs are up their ass? It's almost impossible, and it looks very comical. But that's your union right now. If you used to walk in their office, they'd be typing with eight fingers because two thumbs are currently up their ass not doing anything. <laughs> and here's what we get for it. We get management emboldened to do these things. This is coming down from headquarters. And what are we doing? We're flying kites, walking around in circles, singing kumbaya with each other. Look at how fat our wallets are, but our thumbs are stinky because they've been up our ass all damn day. <laughs> that pisses me off, man. God. Here's another one. My manager gave me a full explanation of the soon-to-be 45-minute office time. 45 minutes in the office, 20 minutes loading time, routes are no longer six hours on the street, they are five hours, everyone will have one hour pivots daily. So, since our inactivity, our inaction, management is now saying 45 minutes in the office, 20 minutes load time. You know why? Because we've not done anything. We've not done anything about it. So now they're trying to get away with 
45 minutes of office time, 20 minutes of load time. Why? Because we're not doing nothing. And core is being divisive. <laughs> It'd be a good place for a union, you know? The city letter carriers would be a good place for a union to start. That's my opinion. Here's another one. Station manager this morning said it's called Urn, but they are saying we have to have our scanners with us at all times, even in the morning while at the office and on the street, anywhere we stop, including restroom breaks. You can fuck off right there. I'm not taking my scanner into the shitter. I'm just not doing it. And I will fight discipline on that. I don't know what this scanner is capable of. Right? So I talked to the tool for and it's like, why? He said they are wanting to use our breadcrumbs like they did the rule routes. And I told him, hey, you're not supposed to do that. And he said, hey, follow instructions. Postman said, hey, this isn't coming from me, but buckle up. It's about to get crazy. And some he agrees with and some he doesn't. What about that? Same postmaster said they're making an announcement in the next few days that it will no longer be an hour in the office as a standard, but somewhere around 45 minutes standard. No longer be an hour office standard, but 45 minutes standard. What y'all think about that? I'm being divisive. And this person just said all care has been placed on deems desirable through 223. Um... Now it's just something put on the scanner. All care has been placed on deems desirable through 223-2023. And the only reason I say that is because when I talk about my remedy on this uh, hero training. Now here's something that pisses me the fuck off right here. Here is a grievance settlement on stationary events. And they reworded it to say expanding street time. They don't say stationary events. They say you're getting a letter of warning for expanding your street time. Okay. Based off of stationary events. Okay. Y'all hear me? They're calling it expanding your street time based off of stationary events. And they issued discipline to this carrier, a letter of warning and the resolution the letter of warning that was issued to this carrier will be reduced to six months from the date of the issuance. We have a carrier now with a letter of warning for six months based off of scanner data, based off of expanding street time is, that, is what they're trying to call it now. They're not calling it stationary events. We now have a letter of warning in somebody's file based off of something that they cannot do. And our fucking union ain't doing a goddamn thing about it except sitting up there in their fucking chairs not doing fucking shit. We got to care now, folks, that just got discipline for stationary events and it stuck because of us being uneducated as far as this shit. And what is anybody doing from anywhere about stationary events. I tried, but mine got killed. You know why? So they can implement this dumbass shit with these scanners. They're calling it expanding your street time based off of stationary events. And now we've got somebody that's rung up for six months on it. If that doesn't frighten the shit out of y'all, I don't know what will. I don't know what will. Brother, we better wake the fuck up, man. We better wake the fuck up. Management has lost their ever-loving mind, and we're not doing shit about shit. 
Management has lost their mind and is trampling us here. We better stand up and meet them head on. Here's the last thing, and I want to get into this hero training. God dang, a minute 20. <laughs> damn. Oh, shit. <clears throat> it says, good morning, Corey. This is so-and-so. Please do not back off even a tiny bit. You're the only hope we got. We don't do this just for us, but the next generation. Our future is in your hands. Curse as much as the management and the possum deserves. <laughs> we all love you, Corey. Brother, I ain't backing up and I ain't backing down. I told y'all that from the very beginning. Don't y'all ever back up and back down from nobody. I'm not going to. If people don't like this, turn it the fuck off and go listen to somebody else talking about planting daisies or something. Something that's more up your, or up your alley. But if you're fucking the letter carrier on either side, I'm going to call you bitches and motherfuckers and I'm coming after you. You know why? Because I support the city letter carrier. That's it. I work for the NELC when they have me doing arbitrations, whatever I used to do, right? But I will do this every Sunday and talk about whatever I damn well please and hold whoever accountable for not protecting the city letter carrier. Management's obligated under Article 14 and the union is, uh, is obligated under Article 1, okay, to be our agent. This shit shouldn't be happening. So, baby, I'm not backing down from nothing. I ain't stopping nothing. And that's just how it is. If you don't like me, I don't give two damn shits about that. I'm here to protect the city letter carrier as much as I possibly can. It may turn some people off. That's fine. I'll try to educate as much as I can, right? But I'm seeing my people get trampled. And if that don't piss my agent off, maybe we need to have another election. Something needs to happen. Somebody needs to lose their fucking job for what's going on in this country right now. Somebody does. Or a handful of people do. Or whatever. You know, I hear people all the time They'll say, well, I told, I told so-and-so, you know, about what your position is. And they say, you know, Corey don't know what he's talking about there. Uh, business agent said, you know, don't listen to Corey. He's dangerous. Uh, RAA said, uh, Corey's this and that. My branch president said he don't listen to Corey because they don't know what he's talking about. I'm going to do this. I'll do this. And this is the honest God's truth. Now, listen here. And this is what I'll do. I will debate anybody in this country on this podcast unedited unedited i will debate anybody in this country i'm talking about from the very top to any shop steward i will debate you on any topic that i've talked about and i've discussed i will debate you about it you give your position and i'll give mine and we'll have a vote amongst all the different platforms that i have we'll have a vote all right about who wins and who supports their position better. On any topic that I have talked about on my podcast, I will debate you about it. I'm telling you, hey, this is, I'm broadcasting this shit nationwide, baby. I will debate you. And here's what we'll do. You don't have to tell me the topic. You tell me on a Sunday that you want to debate me. I'll give you all week to prepare your topic. Whatever you want to, to debate me about. You can have as many people as you want to help you. 
You can have as many sites that you want to come on here and talk to me about, the contractual language, step fours, anything you want, okay? You have all week, an entire week to get your shit ready. You don't have to tell me what the topic is. And on that Sunday, when I turn this recording on, you can tell me then I want to talk about Article 16, such and such, or I want to talk about M or Woo or Window of Operation. I want to talk about the JSOV. I want to talk about the stationary. I want to talk about all this stuff, any, whatever. I will debate you on it, okay? If you win, if you win, I will stop doing this podcast. If you beat me, I will stop doing this podcast on a debate. And this goes for anybody. You can have those people that are helping you on the podcast with you and debate me. I will step down doing this podcast. Here's the only caveat. If you lose, you got to step down out of your union position immediately and go back to carrying mail or going to management, whichever one you want to do. I'll do that. I'm not fucking around with nobody. I'm a shit-talking motherfucker, baby, but I back my shit up. Ask anybody who's gone in arbitration with me. I talk more shit than anybody you've ever seen, and I back that shit up with, with my record, with wins and losses. I'll tell management my entire game plan before I go into arbitration because they still can't fuck with me. I'll tell labor before I go in, this is exactly what I'm going to do and exactly where I'm going and not shit you can do about it. I've said that before. I've taken them out and said, y'all need to pre-arb this shit because you're going to lose. Why are we losing? Because I'm here. That's why you're losing. I'm a shit-talking motherfucker, baby, when it comes to the city letter cares. So anybody who wants to challenge me about anything that I've ever said, get your ass on here and debate me about it, and let's squash that shit. You can end from aid arbitration right now if you want to by beating me in a, in a debate. And here's how we're going to here's how we're going to do the votes. If you get fifty percent of the vote, I'll step down. I'll step down. And I will say if I get eighty percent of the vote, you step down. I'll say it that high. If I get eighty percent of the vote, you step down. If you get fifty percent, I'll step down. I'll do it that way. You know why? Because I'll be doing this podcast for eight more years. I'm not concerned about any of you motherfuckers come on here debating me. That's why. That's why. So, take that. Y'all think I'm fucking around about city letter carriers? You got me fucked up, man. You got me fucked up. Nothing more important to me than my brothers and sisters in light blue. Nothing. Nothing. You want to tell somebody I don't know what I'm talking about? Put your fucking money where your mouth is and get on here and straighten your shit. All right. <clears throat> Let's talk about this heat, this um, hero training. All right. It, it's going to be one of the biggest grievances we filed. Now, look, uh, I'm we're going to file ours as a class action uh, out of Nashville. Okay. We're requesting information. The information request will be on from aidarbitration.com. All this will be on from aidarbitration.com. I know that Mike Care from Region 3, they're doing it as individual grievances. Each, each care that they falsify their training, they're doing it as an individual. So y'all get together, see how y'all want to do it. Uh, they have passed decisions that's going to help them uh, hopefully get more money for their people. But they've got past decisions on something similar or something almost the same, I think it is, he said. 
And so they will be doing it as an individual grievance, which means on the 8190, you're going to put the grievance name on there. We're going to put class action installation wide. Okay. And uh, so y'all do it how y'all want to do it. Talk to people, see what's the better strategy for y'all. Uh, but care from them are talking about doing an individual and I hope they get everything that they're asking for. But here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read some things to you. There's a lot of reading. Okay. A lot of reading. First, I'm going to read the memo from Manny Peralta that I read before. I'm going to read it again. Uh, then I'm going to read something Manny put out last year. It's going to be very helpful to you. It's going to be put up. So make sure that you get on from aidarbitration.com, pull all this stuff out and put it in your contentions. Okay. I would. And because if I can get something from the head of safety and health for the NELC, I'm putting it in there. Uh, you know, there's no bigger fighter for us than Manny Peralta, if you know Manny Peralta. And so here's what it says. Subject, USPS Heat Illness Prevention Program, HIP Training. On March 28th of 2023, I was advised that a complaint was filed with OSHA, asserting that management was failing to provide mandatory heat illness prevention training, even though management is documenting completion of the training in the employee's training records. OSHA immediately began its follow-up inquiry by letter to management. In this letter, they advised that they have not determined the existence of a hazard, but asked management to immediately investigate and provide proof of their findings within one week. I'm advised by the steward that management admitted to doctoring the training records and that they did so to get district management off its back. OSHA's letter further advised management that if appropriate action is not taken by the deadline, they will in fact conduct an inspection in which all OSHA regulations would be enforced. It appears that management is now jumping through hoops to do the right thing. However, this took place only because a vigilant steward caught them red-handed. Management of this facility is now conducting the HIP training that was required by April 1. Remember that's so when you do your remedy because I'm doing $50 a calendar day and I'm going to justify that. It goes from April 1, okay? Of each year, if your office has not conducted the HIP training, check your light blue hero training profile to see if their records claim otherwise. Next comes management's response to OSHA. If you're in a situation where management's response to OSHA is not true, what should you do? You should investigate. Then address this through OSHA by promptly responding identifying the items with which you disagree and providing the evidence to support your beliefs. Now I did have somebody send me an email the other day saying that they did just that and OSHA would not get involved. So I don't know what you're going to be met with, but they said that they did contact OSHA, sent this with it, sent in that they had falsified the hero training and OSHA said they weren't going to get involved with it. So hopefully you have better results. Separately, you may explore filing agreements in which we seek to prove your managers were dishonest in their response to OSHA. And as a remedy, we seek that management be required to fess up to OSHA about their response being untrue. Keep an eye on each other. Safety depends on you because you can, can't depend on a manager who is trying to make their numbers look good. <clears throat> That's their motto. For further information on management's obligation related to safety training, Please review my November 2022 safety and health column. All right, that's what we're fixing to do. And this is going to be on there as well. Here's the column. Investigation of training records. And I'm just going to read all this, so I'm sorry. 
In my last column, I brought attention to the fact that in many cases, management has made claims that our employees were trained on specific subjects when they weren't. Some subjects are covered repeatedly, and our workforce gets the message. Other subjects are less appealing to your managers, and in their opinion, any stand-up talk on the subject is a waste of time. Regardless of the magnitude of the subject being covered, the training should all be done correctly. I recently was asked what we should cite and how we handle such an issue through the grievance procedure. Article 14, Section 1 of the National Agreement provides that it is the responsibility of management to provide safe working conditions in all present and future installations and to develop a safe working force. And he has that highlighted. And to develop a safe working force. Now, how do you develop a safe working force. You educate them and you train them. That's how you develop us. You educate us and you train us, right? This language begs the question, how can managers develop a safe working force when they're being untruthful about the training they were required to conduct? Article 19 of the National Agreement provides a mechanism to enforce rules that affect wages, hours, or working conditions of employees. The following is a brief brief list of relevant provisions from Chapter 8 of the Employee and Labor Relations Manual. ELM 8011.24. 8011.24, and I'll have all this language for you on this episode up underneath it so you can look it up quickly. All employees must be trained in proper work procedures and must be educated to work safely. Now, did management violate that when they falsified our hero training? Absolutely, they did. Absolutely, they did. I'll read it again. 811.24D. All employees must be trained in proper work procedures and must be educated to work safely. It goes on. And to understand that they are responsible for doing so. Management is responsible for the adequate safety training and education of employees. Management's responsible for that. Okay? Make sure we highlight that. It goes on. Talks about 81512B, uh, uh, 817.5, training required by OSHA, 817.9, training records. And, and, I, and I have this, I'll read this here again. 817.9, training records, that's out of the ELM. For each employee, this goes along with your information request, okay? For each employee, records of safety and health training must be maintained to demonstrate compliance with postal service policies and OSHA requirements. The records must be retained and available to allow inspection by postal service and OSHA officials. All safety training must be recorded in the learning management system, LMS. So when you put in an information request, we're going to ask for all this training. And I have an information request it's going to be up on the formatearbitration.com. That way you can just copy and paste it or type your own out with what we've requested. <clears throat> so where does the steward begin in the investigation process? We frequently use the term stand-up talk for multiple purposes, including training which many times adequately covers necessary materials. The effectiveness of the speaker and his or her grasp of the material makes a serious impact on the quality of the training. So this should be an issue addressed between labor and management and committee meetings. The handbook EL 809 
Guidelines for Area Local Joint Labor Management Safety and Health Committees includes the following as permanent obligation on the meeting agenda for local committees. 10. Discuss all matters relating to employee safety, health, and ergonomics except for individual grievances unless permitted by national agreement and make recommendations for resolution of improvement to the installation head. Discuss all the matters relating to employee safety includes the quality of the training being given by the management team at the installation. If the training being conducted fails the test identified in Article 14, Development of a Safe Workforce, then we have to address that deficiency. If you discover, regardless of how, that there is a specific subject on which managers are required to train you, but you don't recall that the subject was covered in a stand-up or specialized training session, then you should approach your supervisor and ask about it. If you happen to review your hero training on the light blue page and discover that there is a subject listed as completed in your training profile, but you know that such a claim is not true, then you also should approach your supervisor and ask about it, and that is nationwide. So many people have come out since last week sending me their actual training records saying I never received this. So this is something that management has implemented nationwide to do. So I'm going to say that's come from headquarters. In some cases, you may need to bring this to the attention of your shop steward who may need to formally investigate this issue. I'm encouraging everybody to do that. I'm, I'm taking it out of management's hands. I'm going to file a grievance on it. I'm not going to say, did y'all accidentally do this? I know they didn't. I know that they intentionally falsified it. I'm not addressing it with my supervisor. I'm addressing it with a grievance immediately. If it is necessary to formally investigate, then we should consider the following items as a part of our investigation. Remember, before you get started, we, the union, if it is necessary to process a grievance, will ultimately be required to identify what happened, what contractual provisions are involved, and then what remedy we seek. All right? This is, in, this is the essence of the union's obligation to put forth its case during the formal step A meeting, Article 15, Section 2, formal step A, paragraph D, which states in part with the words, at the meeting. What happened? What rule? What remedy? If you're a steward beginning your investigation, you should ask management a few questions such as, but not limited to the following. So if anybody's asking what, asking me or asking anybody what should you ask, Manny's already addressed it for you. One, when was the training conducted? And we know they're going to lie. They're either going to say, oh, man, we didn't do that. We just did. Or they're going to say, well, it's conducted here. Then we're going to get statements, okay? Who conducted the training? What specific materials or information were used during the training? Were those materials stored for review if necessary? If so, where are they? Take time to review the material to make sure that they reflect what management has claimed. Keep them honest. Which carriers were present during the training? For those carriers who were not present during the training, when was the makeup training conducted and by whom? If makeup training was not conducted, then the employer take each employee to a location to review the copies of materials that were used during the stand-up. Did management encourage clarification questions or discourage such questions? Okay. Once you have management's explanation, you should question a number of carriers to determine if management's answers ring true, and that's going to be most critical. Right? I'm going to take it that this is going to arbitration. We're going to put in there that management didn't give this training, 
Get as many statements from carriers as you can that say, I never received this training. All right. That is critical. That is numero uno to any case going forward. That's a contract case. Statements from carriers saying, I did not receive this training. All right. In your process of asking our carriers what they recall, be cautious about how you ask questions. Don't put words or ideas in the mouths or minds of the people you are interviewing. Ask them if they were present when the specific item was presented and if they were present, have them explain what they recall. Our investigation should always seek out the truth. If the evidence gathered helps you form an opinion that the rules cited early in this column were violated, you may have grounds to file and process a grievance. Hopefully above gives you a starting point on your investigation and write-up. In your issue statement, so he's giving you an issue statement as well, so if you're wondering how your issue statement's going to go. In your issue statement, you could frame it simply as follows. Did the employer violate Articles 3, 5, 14, and or 19 of the National Agreement when it certified that employees had received training? If so, what is the appropriate remedy? So there he has it. In your issue statement, you could frame it simply as follows. Did the employer violate Articles 3, 5, 14, and or 19 of the National Agreement when it certified that employees had received the training? If so, what is the appropriate remedy? Article 3 applies as management is required to manage within the law and comply with the National Agreement. Article 5 applies as relevant external law, one of which is the Occupational Safety and Health Act, OSHA is brought in under the umbrella of the National Agreement. Article 14 applies, which requires that the employer develop a safe workforce, which it fails by making false claims about training. Article 19 applies as it brings in enforceable handbook and manual provisions that affect wages, hours, and working conditions. So if you put in that issue statement, it'd be very good to have just a little synopsis right here about that very thing, why these different things apply. So that's very good stuff that Manny put out right there. Separately, the outcome of the above investigation may be very useful when defending a letter carrier who has received discipline for a safety violation when he or she truly was not trained on the subject. Now, I talked about that last week. They're going to falsify training. I'm going to go out there and get succumbed to the heat. They're going to try to discipline me for not, providing, or not following the guidelines that set forth in the training that I never received. And they'll do that. They'll do that. This process may also be applicable where there is a question relating to whether or not the employee was aware of any specific rule, even if not related to safety. The more you learn, the better you serve your membership on the front lines. Keep an eye on each other. And as a remedy, I'm going to put management cease and desist violating those provisions. And I'm going to ask for $50 a calendar day for every affected carrier from April 1st of 2023 until the training is provided. And if the training was provided a week ago because they know this is coming, I'm going to say from April 20, from April 1st, 2023 until the training was provided. I don't care if they just ran in there and did it real quick. I'm going to say from April 1st until the training was provided. And why is that? Why would I ask for $50 a calendar day? Huh? I'm going to read these steps to you in just a minute. I read them last week and I'll have them on from adarbitration.com, the steps so that you can, you can just copy and paste it. I just put it on a, 
on a uh, piece of paper, typed it on Word and gave it, sent it to Jeremy. He'll put it on there, put those steps in there. Because as an advocate, I can show the steps, the 11 steps that you went through to intentionally falsify training of one of the most deadly and crippling things that the letter carriers go through, which is heat and heat stress, right? You intentionally falsified the training. You've been told numerous times through many articles and provisions of these handbooks and manuals about your obligation to provide a safe working force, and you intentionally falsified safety training to make the numbers. That's exactly what they did. They falsified safety training. Somebody could potentially die because of what they did so that they could save 10 minutes of training time. And that's why I'm asking for $50 a calendar day because if that don't set in motion that we will never do this again, we will never ever falsify training again because we got hit with $50 a calendar day. If that don't do it, nothing else will. Because if an arbitrator says, yes, I agree with the union. What you did was heinous. What you did was heinous and it intentionally put carriers in harm's way. What you did intentionally. This was not a mistake. This wasn't happenstance. This didn't just happen. I didn't just, oh, I accidentally clicked this. There's 11 steps you have to go through to put me in for training. And you intentionally did it. You falsified this training to save time. That is as heinous and negligent and reckless and careless as it gets. And that's why I'm asking for $50 a calendar day to make sure that this behavior never happens again in this installation. That cares that require training will get that training. Why? Because it may save one life. And one life is worth every fucking cent that we just asked for. One life is worth $50 a calendar day, surely. So that's the reason I'm asking for that, okay? That's the reason I'm asking for $50 a calendar day because there's not a more heinous act than falsifying safety training of one of the most deadly, crippling things that we deal with, which is heat stress, all right? Now, we've got in here um, an information request. JB did this, and this is what he's got. Uh, it's going to be in there. Uh, all 2022-2023 hero training records for all letter carriers, PTS, and CCAs assigned to this station to include, to include date and personal inputting all training. That's on this information request. All 2022-2023 hero safety talks to include after-the-fact report form or employees-on-the-clock report when training was conducted. And that's going to be on this information request. Tax employee listing report for all employees assigned to this station. Why? Because I'm going to try to get them paid. And it's going to show this tra- uh, how this training applies to those individual employees. Tax employee listing report for all employees assigned to this station. I'm making this request on behalf of the following employee employees. Class action. He's got that mark. Uh, Mike, uh, careful to grievant. I'm making this request based on the following reasons. Article 14, safety. And uh, so that information request, it's a generic one. It doesn't say city or state or installation or branch. It's very generic. So you can, um, you can copy and paste that and turn that in, okay? 
Here's the 11 steps again. This is the 11 steps. And in my closing argument, this is what I'm going to tell the arbitrator. I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to say this is the steps that they took to falsify this training. These are the steps that they took to falsify this training to show that my carriers received heat training that they never received. And this is what they went through to do that. These are the steps they took to falsify this training. One, you go to my learning. And like I said, all this will be on from arbitration.com. I typed it out real nice for you so you can have it. It'd be good if the union would do shit like that for this hour office time, the stationary events, the 22-minute load time bullshit. It'd be good if the union get off their fucking ass and do something like we're doing right here, uh, giving you a fucking grievance to file. Motherfuckers won't do it. Anyway, you go to my learning, and then they have to click on express class. Then they have to click on general information. They have to type in FY23. Then they have to go to heat stress recognition. They have to go to attendees. Then they add attendees. They click a check by each name, or they can push select all. Then they go down and they push record. Then they go down and push complete. And then they go down and push save. That's 11 steps that management does to falsify our training. That's these 11 steps they took to falsify our training. You'll use Article 14. All right, I've copied all these out. It is the responsibility of management to provide safe working conditions and all present and future installations and to develop a safe working force. Did they do that when they falsified our training? Did they abide by that when they falsified our training? Hell no. No, that's as easy a win as you'll ever get. When I hold that up to an arbitrator face up and I'm going to say, Mr. Arbitrator, did management violate that right there when they took 11 steps to intentionally falsify our training? Did they abide by Article 14 where it says management, it is the responsibility of management to provide safe working conditions in all present and future installations and to develop a safe working force? Did they abide by that or did they, or did they fail to honor that? Here's the EL-801 accident prevention. And so I get the EL-801. 1-1, supervisor's responsibilities. The Occupational Safety and Health Act requires employers to provide a safe and healthful workplace free of recognized hazards and to follow, and to follow Occupational Safety and Health Administration OSHA standards. Employers' responsibilities also include providing training, medical examinations, and record keeping. Did they abide by that? No, because they didn't provide training. They falsified it. goes on, as a postal service supervisor... You are the backbone of our safety and health program. You're such a backbone that you falsified training for city letter carriers. That's the backbone that they're talking about. You're in a highly visible leadership position that requires setting the standard for accident prevention. Here's the standard that they set. They falsified training records. That's the standard that they set. They falsified training records. So I'm going to put EL-801 in there, right? One, two, postal service safety philosophy. The postal service position is that any injury can be prevented. 
The goal is realistic, not just theoretical. Supervisors or managers having primary responsibilities for the well-being of employees must fully accept this principle. How did they fully accept this principle in this case here? They intentionally falsified training records. That's how they did that. B. Management, including all levels through the initial level supervisor, is responsible and accountable for the prevention of accidents and control of resulted losses. Now, how are they hold it accountable? How are they going to be held accountable here? You falsified training. So how are you going to be held accountable? $50 a calendar day. 1-7, safety talk requirements. Scheduled safety talks are intended to promote safety awareness. What they do here? Falsified them. All line supervisors are required to conduct safety talks at least once a week with their employee groups, including temporary, casual, and relief personnel. It is important to make the topics of safety talks relevant to your work situation and interesting to your employees. How'd they make it interesting to us? They falsified it. Involve them in developing topics and provide an opportunity for safety discussions and demonstration when applicable. Publication 129, Safety Talks, an excellent resource. Gives the steps on preparing the safety talk that they falsified. EL-814. EL-814, Post Employees Guide to Safety. EL-814, I'm putting all this in my fucking grievance. All of it. A, explain the Postal Service is committed to providing its employees and customers with a safe and healthy environment and complying with applicable safety laws and regulations. A safe and healthy workplace, free from safety hazards, is important for helping us achieve that goal. This guide provides Postal Service employees with policies, procedures and guidelines pertaining to safe work practices. And that is signed by Miss Linda DiCarlo, Director of Safety and OSHA Compliance. And Linda DiCarlo used to work with the NELC, and she's a trader, and went over to management. And remember, that's the one I went after when I was on the National Safety Committee. When I said, what do you do? Remember, she, got, she tried to raise her voice. I said, what do you do? You don't do a damn thing either. That's her. <laughs> That's the one I went after there, but that's Post Employees Guide to Safety, EL-814. Violated that. Here's ELM 811.2 Principles. ELM 811.21 Principles, or .2 Principles. Management, Commitment, Involvement, and Accountability. C, be held accountable for safety performance and compliance with OSHA standards and regulations. I'm putting that in there. You can just put all of EL Section 8 in there, ELM Section 8. If you want to just print out all of ELM Section 8, just put it all in there and we'll just highlight what we need. We don't need all of it, but there's some things in there that we need. 811.2 Principles, 811.21 Management Commitment, Involvement, and Accountability, C. Be held accountable for safety performance and compliance with OSHA standards and regulations. Now, how are they going to be held accountable? At $50. 811.22, vision statement. The Postal Service will become a leader in occupational safety and health for the federal government and, provi- and private sector by demonstrating a commitment to in- integrating safe work practices into all of our services. The Postal Service is committed to participation in the OSHA voluntary protection programs. 
All right. The Postal Service will become a leader in occupational safety and health for the federal government and private sector by demonstrating a commitment to integrating safe work practices. All right. How would they do that here? Falsified our training. That's how they did it. 811.23, guiding principles. The guiding principles of the Postal Service are the following. A, people. Employees are our most valued resource. Our employees must be provided a safe and helpful workforce. All right? That's 811.23, guiding principles. A, people. Employees are our most valued resource. Our employees must be provided a safe and helpful workplace. Now, how'd they do that? How'd they provide that for us? Falsifying training records. 811.24, safety philosophy. The safety philosophy of the Postal Service is stated below. A, any occupational injury or illness can be prevented. This goal is realistic, not theoretical. Supervisors and managers have primary responsibility for the well-being of employees and must fully accept this principle. B, Management, which encompasses all levels, including the first-line supervisor, is responsible and accountable for the prevention of accidents and control of resultant losses, just as the line organization is responsible for attaining production levels, ensuring quality of performance, maintaining good employee relations, and operating within cost and budget guidelines. Supervisors and managers must likewise accept their share of responsibility for the safety and health of employees. So we're getting accountability Share responsibility, right? C, it is possible to safeguard against all operating exposures that can result in accidents, injuries, and illnesses. It is preferable to eliminate the sources of danger. However, where there is not, practical management must use protective measures, including administrative controls, machine guards, safety devices, personal protective equipment. D, all employees must be trained in proper work procedures and must be educated to work safely and to understand that they are responsible for doing so. Management is responsible for the adequate safety training and education of employees. Now, how did they do that here? Falsified our training. However, all employees are responsible for working safely, and in doing so, they benefit not only themselves, but also their organization. E, it is good business practice in terms of efficiency and economy to prevent personal injuries on and off the job. Injuries cost money reduce efficiency, and cause human suffering. That's a good one, right? 811.25, Voluntary Protection Programs. The Postal Service is committed to participation in OSHA's Voluntary Protection Programs, VPP. This program recognizes and establishes partnerships with businesses and work sites that show excellence in occupational safety and health. (laughs) So how'd they do that? Falsified our training. And when you talk about the VPP, uh, that's EL8, EL802, Handbook EL802, so I pulled that up for you. EL802, four, Postal Service Safety and Health Program, and we'll go down to 4141F, Safety and Health Training. Okay, that's EL802, 41F, Safety and Health Training. Effective safety and health training addresses the safety and health responsibilities of all personnel, whether salaried or hourly. Safety and health training is most effective when incorporated into other training about performance requirements and job practices. 
The complexity of training depends on the size and complexity of the work site and nature of hazards. Effective safety and health training ensures that all employees understand the hazards to which they may be exposed and how to prevent harm to themselves and others from exposure to these hazards. Such training ensures that supervisors carry out their safety and health responsibilities, responsibilities again, including analyzing the work under the, their supervision to identify unrecognized potential hazards, two, maintaining physical protection in work areas, three, reinforcing employees' training through continual performance feedback, and four, enforcing safe work practices. Now, how'd they do that here? They falsified our training. ELM 812, I'm almost finished, y'all. It's been a long one, damn, I'm sorry. EL 812, management responsibilities. Let's go down to district managers, 812.3, 812.3, district managers. 812.31, district managers. District managers are responsible for implementing the occupational safety and health programs within their jurisdiction. Additionally, they must develop a district accident reduction plan, ARP, using the safety toolkit to achieve the corporate objectives of reducing injury illness, and motor vehicle accidents. Refer to the Safety Resources website and Safety Toolkit for additional information on developing, implementing, and monitoring ARPs. Now, that's ELM 812, right? 812.3. Would y'all interview the district manager when you find out all these things that they falsified all this training? Would y'all interview them and ask if they're aware that they're, his subordinates were falsifying training Therefore, making him in violation of 812.3. Would y'all do that? I would. you damn right. You're damn right. I would interview the district manager. I'd put in an information request and interview him. If you're scared to do it, ask your business agent to send you somebody to do it. If you're scared to talk to the district manager. I ain't scared to talk to nobody. I'll talk to anybody. I don't give a damn. So if I need to talk to the district manager, I'm putting in a request, for, uh, request to interview the district manager. I say under 812.3, you're responsible for these things. Were you aware that your supervisors were intentionally falsifying training records and they'll come to their protection? Well, you don't know that it was intentional. Oh, yeah, I know it was intentional. Were you aware that those training records were falsified? And put them on the record. Why? He's going to get in somebody's ass as soon as you walk out that door. He's getting in somebody's ass as soon as you walk out that door. That's what I'd do. It goes on. 812.32, installation heads and managers. Installation heads and managers are responsible for employee safety and health. Right there. Installation heads and managers. Installation heads and managers are responsible for employee safety and health. So I'm going to the installation head and the manager. Are you aware that your supervisor is falsifying training records, safety training records? Are you aware of that? Because you're in violation of ELM 812.32. B, implementation of the Occupational Safety and Health Program. C, compliance with OSHA standards and regulations, including maintenance of the accident reports, OSHA log, and summary of injuries and illnesses through the Employee Health and Safety HS system. Sounds to me like they're accountable as well, right? D, developing, implementing, and monitoring facility ARPs using the safety toolkit to achieve the corporate objectives of reducing injuries, illnesses, and motor vehicle accidents. 
Refer to the safety resources site and the safety toolkit for additional information on developing, implementing, and monitoring ARPs. That's 812.32 of the ELM. 812.4, middle-level managers. Middle-level managers are responsible for the safety and health program within their operations. This includes responsibility for administering OSHA-mandated written programs, conducting accident prevention activities, C, training employees, and D, evaluating the safety performance of supervisors. What about that? They're evaluating the safety performance of supervisors. Let's see their, their evaluations. Let's request those because now I've got a supervisor that has falsified training. Let's see if wherever he was at, if he's, if he's done that before. Let's see if this is a chronic falsifier of training. E, coordinating activities including correction of safety deficiencies with other operational managers. 812.5, supervisor's responsibilities. 812.51, general. Supervisors are responsible for identifying and correcting physical hazards. B, investigating or reporting accidents. C, administering OSHA-mandated written programs. D, conducting accident prevention activities. E, training employees. So is management in violation of 812 of the ELM? Yes. From the district manager on down, they are. E, training employees. F, developing job safety analysis. And G, enforcing safe work practices. That's ELM 812. I'd put that in my case file. And here's uh, EL 87, ELM 817 again, training and education. ELM 817, we're going to go all the way to the end of it. ELM 817.9, training records. And this is how you, what you're going to put if they refuse to give you the information, saying they don't have it. For each employee, so what does that mean? I'm going to say that means for each employee. If it starts out for each employee, wouldn't you? Would you think that would mean CCAs all the way up to somebody who's been there 50 years? When it says each employee, I do. Records of safety and health training must be maintained to demonstrate compliance with Postal Service policies and OSHA requirements. The records must be retained and available, which means they can give them to us if they're available. If they say they're not, that's a 17 and 31 violation. If they say they don't have them, that's a 17 and 31 violation. Available to allow inspection by Postal Service and OSHA officials. All safety training must be recorded in the learning management system. If they say that there's the only two people they got to give them to, file a grievance under 17 and 31. You're going to provide to me training records, right? I believe I read that somewhere. I believe if you look in Article 17 and 31, you're probably going to see a, a vast amount of records that they have to, to give us, right? Uh, if you know for a fact that some of your carriers have succumbed to heat-related Ill illnesses in the past, and you're going to use that to help support this about how serious this is, and you need those records, if you go to ELM 820, and it's 821.141, ELM 821.141, and I've used this a lot when I deal with safety grievances against management, it's OSHA 300, Log of Work-Related Injuries and Illnesses. It's OSHA 300, Log of Work-Related Injuries and Illnesses. In accordance with 29 CFR 1904, each facility must maintain an OSHA 300 log 
by calendar year that lists all OSHA recordable occupational injuries and illnesses. All such injuries and illnesses must be recorded and maintained in the Employee Health and Safety EHS system for inclusion on the automated OSHA 300 log. So if you know for a fact that some of your carriers have succumbed to the heat in some kind of way, had to be taken to the emergency room, uh, had to take off because they got succumbed to the heat, uh, heaven forbid a fatality, ask for your OSHA 300 logs. And management was required to put those in there. And if you know that you have some that will support why we needed this training, get that OSHA 300 log and put that in there, okay? Uh, that's, that's it. That's the grievance, okay? I think we covered it pretty well, uh, much better than anybody else from, from NELC has. Um, I do know Mike Kariff is lighting her ass up in Region 3. Uh, that's great. I don't know about anybody else because I don't talk to anybody else, but that's what I'm going to do. Uh, most of this is going to be up on formatearbitration.com. If you look on this episode, I'll have all these ELM provisions cited. That way you can go to them, you can copy them, uh, get online and, and pull it up yourself and do that. These EL handbooks, um, and, and that's going to be the grievance, you know, management uh, cease and desist violation of those provisions, plus uh, management uh, compensate each listed carrier $50 a calendar day or each affected carrier $50 a calendar day from April 1 until the training has been completed. I don't care if they completed it yesterday. Until the training has been completed, and then we'll justify that in our contentions because this there's no greater heinous act than falsifying safety training. Uh, maybe falsifying discipline or falsifying time records, but falsifying training safety training is one of the most heinous acts we'll deal with and so we're going to hold them accountable for that okay so that's going to be it for this week two hours and i didn't cuss so i I was mindful of that when i started that i was not going to say any curse words i think i did pretty good there uh said i wasn't going to be divisive i think i did pretty good there so i didn't challenge anybody to any debates i knew I, i wanted to but i didn't do that so i think i did pretty well right? So, (laughs) hey, I love each and every one of you, man. City letter carriers, I do. I do. I love each and every one of you, and I'm going to protect you as much as I can. I will. I'll protect you as much as I can. There's nothing they can do to me. Anybody can do to me. There's nothing they can do to me, okay? So, I'll say what I want to say as much as I want to say it, all right? Um, Jeremy, thank you from aidarbitration.com. Man, I appreciate you. Very much so. So thank you so much for that. Y'all get on there. Go down to scroll down to episodes. Find this episode. And he'll have all that stuff for you. You can copy and paste it. You can print it out. All right. And that'll be greatly helpful. Uh, Lindsay, thank you. Uh, from Aid Arbitration, the Facebook page. Um, man, it's jumping. Uh, jumping. Uh, she does a great job there. Very interactive. Mr. Lyle, thank you for Discord. Thank you. I appreciate you, brother. Uh, That thing is booming. Booming. A lot of people on there. A lot of information being shared. Uh, The Reddit page, and the guy has asked me to remain anonymous, the one who did that. Thank you. A lot of great information on there. I always talk about the funny stuff because he puts up hysterical stuff on Reddit. 
the Formate Arbitration Reddit page, hysterical. But there is also a lot of debates and conversations and contract talk on there as well. So if you get on Discord, get on Reddit as well. That thing is jumping, okay? Uh, Twitter, Twitter page, get on there. Um, so, hey, a lot of stuff going on from 8 Arbitration. We're having a good time of it. Next week, I'm hoping that, that uh, Mr. Leith will be back. Uh, he's going to talk about the one-day count and how management is attempting to hold us to that standard of a one-day count and how they cannot do that. And that's a hot topic as well. He'll have a couple other things, but there you have it. A very short episode of two and a half hours. <laughs> and so <laughs> y'all have a fantastic rest of the week, man. Uh, it's been a, it's been a joy doing this podcast. All right. And, uh, and we're going to be doing it a long, long time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so y'all have a great week. I'll talk to y'all next Sunday. All right. Bye.